It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With the Carolina Panthers sitting at 0-5 and likely 0-6 heading into the bye week, how likely is it that Frank Reich ends up being a one-and-done in Carolina? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays like today, I answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Going to do that throughout the rest of the regular season. So either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council if you did not get a question in for this week. So you can get a question in for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com the carolina panthers are preparing for their week six matchup on the road against the miami dolphins a team that is averaging over an absurd 500 yards per game on offense just cannot believe that's even possible for an nfl team to do so the carolina panthers and their banged up defense are in for what is likely going to be a long day down there in Miami Gardens. Not South Beach, but Miami Gardens technically as a face-off against Mike McDaniel and that high-powered Dolphins offense on Sunday afternoon. And in all likelihood, will be 0-6 once they head into the bye, which is going to lead to a lot of questions about the future for Frank Reich and what should change here in Carolina and what really can change once the Carolina Panthers and all likelihood, start off the season at 0-6. Let's go ahead and get into it. The weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. And the first question of the day, first two, are about Frank Reich. Matt from Stratford-upon-Avon, England. He asks, how much longer do we have to watch this uninspiring Frank Reich team before considering his position? I miss the Wilkes team where we played with an identity and commitment. Not signing Deontay Foreman was a massive mistake. Then Russell simply asking, what are the odds that Frank Reich is a one and done? These are things you have to consider. Not something I felt like was going to be considered. At this point in the season, once we kicked things off back in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, but here we are. The Panthers are 0-5. They're going to lose on Sunday, and they're probably going to get embarrassed on Sunday. And when the Panthers likely get embarrassed, getting blown out two weeks in a row, questions are going to be asked. Questions are going to be asked about how do you fix this? Should Reich hang around till next season? Now, I'm not saying that if they start off 0-6, which they're going to start off 0-6. I'm not saying they should fire Frank Reich right now. But you have to start wondering, 
whether he is going to be long for this position here in Carolina. If the Panthers, of course, start to win some games after the bye, and there's opportunities against Houston at home, against Indianapolis at home, and on the road against the Bears to where they can get it back to a more respectable record, although they still wouldn't be a very good team, then that kind of slows down the momentum of, if there is any momentum, of Frank Reich not being here in Carolina as their head coach next season. So I don't really know how much longer we're going to have to watch this. I have seen, through the first five weeks, a Panthers team that was capable of winning football games. We've gone over. The turnovers have been killer for the Carolina Panthers. Eight turnovers have led to 45 opponent points this season. If they don't turn the ball over three times in Atlanta, they can win that football game. Obviously, duh. In Detroit on Sunday, they gave 21 points away there in the first half. Now, if the defense is healthier, maybe they get a stop. But even when they were healthy week one, they didn't get any stops against what's not a very – Good Falcons offense, not one that you should be giving up 17 points off of turnovers against. So still, the Carolina Panthers have had opportunities to win. They could have beat Minnesota had, of course, they not turned the football over. They have had critical mistakes that have led to the 0-5 record. They should be, in my opinion, a 2-3 and football team. I think that would be a far more fair record. Now, the record is what it is, and you are what your record says you are, and the Carolina Panthers right now are a bad football team, and they made those mistakes that have now put themselves in this position, but I feel like the Panthers should be a 2-3 and three football team, maybe even 3-2, and two, but really a 2-3 and three football team more so than an 0-5 football team, and that's the case, then we're not talking about this. There have been some positives that we've seen from the Panthers defensively and offensively and even special teams wise through the first five weeks they just have not played complimentary football and that has helped lead to an 0-5 start so cut out the mistakes get healthy look better on offense play better on defense then yeah maybe you can string together a couple wins in the second half of the season but I do not think that right now Frank Reich is on the hot seat Uh, but he does have weekly meetings with David Tepper that make you wonder How much longer is David Tepper going to put up with this? This David Tepper is someone who feels embarrassed, which he clearly didn't like watching Teddy Bridgewater a couple years ago. And because of that, and his embarrassment and being ticked off every time the Panthers lost, he forced the front office and Matt Rule to go get a different quarterback. They tried to get Deshaun, didn't work out. Tried to get Matthew Stafford, didn't work out. And they ended up with Sam Darnold and a far worse quarterback going into 2021 than they had the year prior in 2020. David Tepper is shown to not be a very patient man. So I wonder how patient he will be with Frank Reich. And speaking of David Tepper and Frank Reich and those weekly meetings, Josh asked, uh, with Frank acknowledging on Monday that he talks to Tepper after each game, an associated article where he mentioned Tepper wants to win now, is it not crazy to wonder if Tepper is now trying to influence week-to-week football planning slash strategy? David Tepper is not a meddling owner. He's an active participant in what's going on. Once he bought the Panthers, it wasn't too far after that where he decided he was not going to be the head of Appaloosa Management, his hedge fund. He was not going to be as active with that, that he was going to spend his time here in the Carolinas helping you know the community with philanthropy and also by spending all of his energy in the Carolina Panthers. And we have seen that play out with the move to get away from Teddy Bridgewater, to bring in some of these quarterbacks and seeing David Tepper traveling with Frank Reich, with Scott Fitter and the scouting staff and his coaching staff to Tuscaloosa to see Bryce Chung, to Columbus to go out and check out um, 
CJ Stroud, Lexington to see Will Levis. You have seen David Tepper be at practice, which he was last week. You've seen him on the sidelines before games. You have seen him in the booth on Sundays. David Tepper is a very active participant of this team. Now, he has every right to be that way. $2.25 billion liquid that he spent on this team. If you spent that much money, you would probably be pretty invested in what's going on, especially if you're not winning. But are they not winning because of David Tepper? Is he actually a problem in leading to the losses? It's hard not to feel that way. He made the wrong decision by hiring Matt Rule. He may have made the wrong decision by hiring Scott Fitter. We'll see. And he could have made a wrong decision by not hiring Steve Wilkes and instead hiring Frank Reich. Like, there's been a lot of interesting things that have happened. We look at Rock Hill and how that project fell apart. You look at some of the guys that have been in the organization, like Tom Glick, who mysteriously left. Now he's at Chelsea. Much better job anyways. Um, maybe not, but still, you understand what I'm saying. But he leaves mysteriously. You got Nick Kelly, who Sports Business Journal was talking about as one of the up-and-coming uh, businessmen in the sports business world. He mysteriously leaves. You look at the soccer team with Miguel and Hal Ramirez, who wasn't a good fit, but the they had a long time to figure out who that head coach should be, and they got it wrong. Lasted 14 matches. So you've seen David Tepper make a ton of mistakes and be very active in the football side of things with the Panthers. I appreciated him building the business side and taking his time by allowing Ron Rivera to stay here in Carolina. Maybe it was too long. I don't know. But he, I appreciated him being patient with that. But since he's taken control and really focused in on the happenings and what goes on with the football team, this team has been atrocious, and mistake after mistake has been made. So I am concerned about David Tepper and those meetings. And you have to imagine Frank Reich, he's probably stressed the hell out that every damn Tuesday he's got to talk to David Tepper about what went wrong. He's like, well, coach, you know, the offense moved the football. They just turned the ball over. And we got a young quarterback. We're banged up, and I know those are not excuses. I know you want to hear that. Um, but, yeah, that's what's going on. I don't know what David Tepper's offering. What is he going to offer to him? And it's so interesting, too, when you think about David Tepper being a very hands-on owner. And Frank Reich dealt with that in Indianapolis with um, Jim Ursay. I'm a little bit surprised that he would want to take this job having dealt with Ursay and knowing he should have at least known that David Tepper was going to also be very active. Um, I'm surprised that he would want to deal with that again. But Frank Reich is a good Christian man, so apparently he has the patience to deal with a man like David Tepper. But you could see on his face, he's getting a little bit worn down where he does not. There's I don't know what he's telling Tepper at this point in time. They're not winning games. He's probably telling, hey, we're close, we're close, we're close. Tepper heard that before with the last guy. And Matt Rule, that ain't good enough. You got to start winning some football games. So I'm sure that Frank Reich is just ready to win a game so he can go into that meeting and show David Tepper and tell him, that, hey, look, it's working. But right now it's not. And that is why people are asking, how much longer do we sit here and watch this? And is Frank Reich headed to into a situation where he ends up being a one and done here in Carolina? Only time will tell. But David Tepper... I can imagine is not helping uh, the cause right now as he is far too involved in what's going on here in Carolina. All right, let's take a quick pause here and I'll come back and answer more of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting to waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit 
fantasy picks of the week. Trevor Lawrence has been a slow starter in fantasy this season as a Jags quarterback has thrown for only multiple touchdowns once in the first five weeks. That came in week one against the Colts, who face off against Jacksonville this Sunday down there in Duval. Lawrence and the Jags passing game got revved up during the two-game winning streak in London and will be looking to carry over the momentum stateside. It's a good bet that Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, and Christian Kirk can push Lawrence to his best statistical game of 2023. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get back into it. Weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Let's head over to Cole from Decatur, Illinois. I always like answering questions from people that aren't from the Carolinas, as you've seen earlier on the show. Uh, Matt from Stratford upon Avon, England. And I've asked, answered questions from people from Australia. Love when uh, our international and people who just don't live in the Carolinas answer or ask questions. Um, over to Cole now, of course, from Decatur, Illinois. Uh, do you think we'll be able to bring in a decent amount of good players from free agency and from the draft where we need the help at on both sides of the ball to where we can improve the next season with the money that we will have and actually be able to compete in the NFC South. I'm not salty about our losses. I know we have some growing pains and I truly believe in the coaches and the staff that we have. Now, first, let's just look at the NFC South currently as it stands. You have three and one Tempe Buccaneers led by Baker Mayfield. And honestly, I know Baker wasn't good last year, but I told y'all when they got Baker that I've always been a Baker Mayfield fan. Still am a Baker Mayfield fan. Unfortunate, it didn't work out here in Carolina. And if you really thought, think about it, it probably wasn't going to work out the way the Panthers would want it to work out because Panthers needed Baker to be the guy. I felt like going into the last season that he would be an upgrade from Sam Darnold. Obviously, that was not the case. Now, had they facilitated, facilitated that trade um, back in April and not signed him back in July and basically had him go through a faux quarterback competition all throughout training camp, does he play better? I think so. But was he ever going to be the long-term answer here in Carolina? I would say no. Now, maybe he's the answer down in Tampa Bay. Played well so far, the 3-1. and one. Good for him. Good for Todd Bowles, yada, 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 whatever. But I don't look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that are as a team that are set up to really control the division moving forward because I just don't think that they have a long-term quarterback in Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, or whoever else is on that, that uh, roster. You look in Atlanta, Desmond Ritter had his best game of his career on Sunday in that comeback victory against the Houston Texans. I do think the Falcons are in a situation where if they get the right quarterback, they could be pretty doggone good. Not sure if Desmond Ritter is that guy. They have all season to figure that out, and then they can decide what they want to do. But still, questions at quarterback for the Falcons past this season. Derek Carr has been fairly as advertised down in New Orleans. I know he's dealing with a shoulder injury that he's playing through. The Saints are 3-2. and two. They just got Kamara back, beat up on the Patriots. Carr is not going to be a long-term option there in New Orleans. So still, the Carolina Panthers are not in a situation where it's like, oh, you're in the AFC West and 
you're playing the Chiefs who have Mahomes and you're playing against the Chargers who have Justin Herbert and you're sitting there as the Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo or the Broncos with Russell Wilson, who is not the Russell Wilson that we used to see in the past. Like you're not in that situation. It's still pretty wide open moving forward because no team has identified that long-term quarterback that can dominate the division. So as long as that's the case, you have some time, but you can't keep pushing it back year after year after year making the same mistakes and making the wrong decisions when it comes to your quarterbacks. I'm not saying that Bryce Young is that. The Panthers, I think, are situated for the in the best – they're situated in the best position in the NFC's out to have that long-term quarterback answer. Uh, but what's around him isn't great, which leads to Cole's question asking, can they do enough to improve in the offseason to compete in the NFC South next year? I don't know, man. If you just look at the position groups – uh, top to bottom on offense and on defense. Wide receiver, Thielen will be here next year, but Shark, not going to be here. He's going to be, at least he's going to be a free agent. You have Levishka Schnault, who's going to be a free agent. Um, Mingo will be heading into his second year. Terrace Marshall will be here as uh, on his final year of his deal. Thielen, Mingo, Marshall, obviously, as we're seeing right now, that is not going to be enough for Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers next year. They need to get a top-tier receiver if possible, like a T. Higgins. They need to find a way to get him on this roster, and they need to get somebody else. So you need two other reliable receivers. That's asking a lot. I don't know how great the receiver market is this upcoming offseason, but they need to find a way to get Higgins and then somebody else to help out Bryce Young next year. And just bringing in T. Higgins would help, but they need to add someone other than just T. Higgins uh, in the offseason, at least someone of that caliber uh, at running back. The contract that Miles Sanders signed has him here in Carolina for two years. They don't save any cap space at all. If they cut him, they take on a bunch of dead money. And I don't know what team would be dumb enough to go out there and trade for Miles Sanders. So running back is a need. I don't know if they're going to go out there and bring in another running back, considering that Chuba Hubbard will be in his final year of his deal. And again, Miles Sanders will be back next season. Uh, Offensive line. You should have your entire starting offensive line from last season back under contract and hopefully healthy next year. Ike Aquano should be back. Brady Christensen will be back. Uh, Bradley Bozeman should be back as well. Austin Corbett, he should be back the way that they had to restructure his deal. And then you look at Taylor Moten, he'll also be back. So O-line, if healthy and it's those five, should be fine. Fingers crossed, but you need some depth and that's, hopefully being built right now with Chandler Zavala, who's played a lot, of course, this season as a starter. We'll see when he returns, but Cade May's now going to get an opportunity. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton's going to be a free agent, so you would think he's gone. And you have guys like Ricky Lee and Nas Jensen, who you're trying to develop in practice. So the hopefully the overall depth and health will be better for the offensive line, but you probably need to add some veterans there to help out in case there um, is an emergency like this season. Uh, defensive line. Uh, have not been good enough so far. You got Sean Williams who's going to be a free agent. Shai Tuttle will be back here next year. Derek Brown will be on his fifth-year option. But they need to bring in multiple experienced defensive linemen. They can't be Nick Thurman and LeBron Ray. They need to bring in some better players on the D-line. At linebacker, um, Shaq Thompson may be back next year. Frankie Luva will be a free agent. So that's a position where you're going to have some needs. At corner, J.C. Horn will be entering into his fourth year. I don't think they're going to exercise fifth-year option considering that he's been unable, he's uh, has not been able to stay healthy so far throughout the first three years of his career. Uh, Dante Jackson is he be back here in Carolina. They're going to have to go out and get multiple corners, someone who can start and someone who they can develop 
potentially into a starter down the road or at least quality depth. So that's a lot to do for the Carolina Panthers. They have a long way to go. Need multiple receivers. Uh, they're probably not going to get a running back, but they probably need a running back. Someone through the draft would make a lot of sense. Uh, need another offensive lineman. Need multiple defensive linemen. May need to get two new starters at linebacker, and they probably need multiple cornerbacks going into next season. So it's tough for me to talk about all the needs that they have, just sitting here right now as they're 0-5, about to be 0-6, and, and think that they're going to do enough to solidify their position to compete for the NFC South next year. But again, 36 months, they got to figure this thing out. Unless it just completely craters and they go like 2-15 and 15 this season. But as far as with Bryce Young, that's the timeline. By 2025, they need to have a team around Bryce Young to where they should be competing. And that's the unfortunate thing about Matt Rule. They got things so wrong with the quarterback to where once 2022 rolled around, it was year three, they were not in position to contend. They still had too many holes on that roster. Even when they had Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore as weapons, and we saw, of course, how that all played out. Uh, over to Dwayne now, and it's your uh, weekly question about Brian Burns and whether he should be traded, saying, is it time to trade Brian Burns to get some draft capital for a proper rebuild? I will say this about the Brian Burns trade, and I've said in the past, I do not like the idea of trading quality players, especially, especially Pro Bowl players like a Brian Burns. I do not like that because it's more difficult to replace them. And as we've seen, the Carolina Panthers decided to trade Christian McCaffrey. And I went back, and I told y'all, I think on yesterday's show, I went back and listened to what I had to say when the Panthers traded up to number one, and then I found out, and at least recalled, and then after watching it, that I was not a fan of giving up DJ Moore or even giving up a 2025 first-round pick if they had decided to do that. I didn't like that, because who were you going to throw the football to? We've seen how that has played out so far through the first five weeks of the season. With Christian McCaffrey, I went back and listened to it. I didn't love it because I like McCaffrey, but I understood it. I paid player. You can use that compensation to move up for a quarterback, which I said, and it's what, of course, they did. It made more sense than letting DJ Moore go. If you're going to bring in a quarterback, why would you then also send away your top receiver in order to get that quarterback? That doesn't make sense, but getting rid of Christian McCaffrey – uh, running back who you were able to replace last year with Foreman and Chuba, that made sense in a way, but of course he's a great player. And are the Panthers really a team that can afford to lose great players? They have one in Christian McCaffrey. I think they have one in Brian Burns. They had a really good player in DJ Moore. They need more good players, not less good players. And that's something I've said every time we've had the conversation of, oh, should they trade this player? It's like, okay, you can trade them, but there's no guarantee whoever you draft is ever going to reach those heights. So that's a concern. Like they've let a guy like um, James Bradbury leave, and he's been a good player in New York and in Philadelphia, and they really haven't replaced him because Dante's not been healthy. J.C. Horn's not been healthy. It's hard to let a good player walk and be able to get another good player. You see Hassan Reddick. I understand why they did it. I don't think they had the money to, to bring him back anyways, but have they replaced Hassan Reddick so far? No, they haven't. It's difficult to do that. So if you get rid of Brian Burns, you can have a devil of a time trying to find a new edge rusher. Just like you've had a hard time so far finding a running back to replace Christian McCaffrey this season, and you've had a hard time trying to find a receiver to replace DJ Moore so far this season. So for me, okay, bring in the draft capital if that's what you want to do, but there's no guarantee that you're going to get a player 
that was as good as Brian Burns or player that was good as good as DJ Moore as a player as good as Christian McCaffrey. So yeah, go ahead, pick uh, take picks over players, and we'll see where that gets you. Because right now you're seeing what it's getting you. Oh and five. All right, quick take another quick pause, and I'll come back here on the show and answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency, that you actually have it. Jace Medical, make sure you have medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let me try to rapid fire the rest of the questions that I have here on the show today. Over to Fred. He says, I don't believe this team should trade away a star edge rusher, but if they do, both of Chicago's first this year would be the only offer I'd pick the fo- uh, pick up the phone for. Do you think if both picks are high enough that Carolina should trade Burns or both first? I'm thinking if one of those ends up number one overall, you trade that one back uh, to a team desperate in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes and use the other first, hopefully, for Marvin Harrison Jr. He brought this up because someone on Bleacher Report wrote about uh, Brian Burns being like the top trade piece coming up at the deadline. The Carolina Panthers, who of course will be in on every deal, have not necessarily led people to believe that they're willing to trade Brian Burns. I believe that the Carolina Panthers um, had their best opportunity to trade Brian Burns last year as far as compensation goes. The two first-round picks that were reported, that was probably the best they were going to get for Brian Burns. I say that because the team that would have traded for Brian Burns last year and gotten him would have then had him for the majority of last year um, under a, his rookie contract. Then they would get to pay play him this year under his fifth-year option. Like They would have had time to see him play, get him on a cheap deal, get some cap relief, and then work out a new long-term deal. Where now, yes, they get him for the majority of the season, but it's going to be way more money this year than it was last year. And he's a free agent. And there's no guarantee for that team that he's going to stick around. They may want to keep him around. And we saw last year with uh, Denver trading Bradley Chubb to Miami that the Dolphins soon thereafter went out and gave him a new deal. But is that team ready to do that if they trade for Brian Burns? Are they maybe just in win-now mode? Okay, let's get Brian Burns in here. Let's have another edge rusher, and let's go out there and win a Super Bowl. And then if that's what happens, like, okay, well, that was great, but we don't really want to give you that kind of money. So I think it's a little bit more difficult for a team to want to part ways with multiple first-round picks without the assurance that Brian Burns will be around. Like, if you have him in your building for – um, almost two years, and yeah, it's easy to build a relationship. But if you only have them in your building for a couple months before free agency, 
there's far more risk attached to that if you're a team out there that might be interested in Brian Burns. And I just have a hard time seeing the Bears trade back that first-round pick that the Panthers are currently giving them as number one overall. I just have a hard time seeing that happen. So, sure, if they could I – I mean, and I, again, I don't think that it's going to be a lot harder. So, you get Marvin Harrison Jr. in your situation. You get Marvin Harrison Jr., and that replaces DJ Moore hoping that he, of course, he turns out to be as good as he's been in college as he will be in the NFL. Um, but you still would have a massive hole at edge rusher. You would have Burns gone, uh, Gross Matos likely gone, and then is it Amari Barno and DJ Johnson? Are you going to be ready to play? Because Barno has barely played, and Johnson hasn't played a snap so far this season. So, yeah, that's a lot. You're just going to be creating a brand new problem. That's what I keep telling people. Hey, go ahead. Trade Brian Burns. Value picks over proven commodities. And, hey, maybe you go ahead and draft a rookie at wide receiver. Just another problem. So we'll see. Uh, Jake, he says, since we are flirting with rebuild questions, who are the top three most valuable trade candidates if we continue on the losing train, assuming Burns is number one? What is his trade value? Yeah, so Brian Burns, obviously number one. Basically, talk about this trade value. If you get a first-rounder for him, that would be great. Uh, I just don't think you're going to get multiple first-round picks for him after turning that down last year and for all the reasons I just mentioned above. Um, second, Derek Brown would be. He plays in the defensive line. He is going to be under a fifth-year option, kind of a similar situation as to last year. You would get him for the majority of the season on a cheap deal, get some cap relief, then you'd have to pay him uh, what it costs next year for the fifth-year option, but you'd have time to build a relationship with him talk about contract extension, see how he fits onto your roster and you know, all that good stuff. So Derek Brown would be uh, the second one. Cause he's been, he's a good player at a position that is a premium in the NFL. You've seen what Chris Jones has done in Kansas city. You've of course seen what Aaron Donald's done so far, what Jalen Carter's doing in Philadelphia, having someone in the interior. And he's not that good. Derek Brown is not, but he's an emerging player. He's still young to have a player of his quality. In the interior of the defensive line, that is an important commodity in the NFL. And in number three, uh, because of his draft slot, because of the position that he plays and his, well, his relative youth, well, I would say Iki Aquana is probably your third most valuable trade chip. He hasn't played well this year, but he's a tackle, and tackles are a valuable uh, position in the NFL. He is in the second year of his rookie deal, so you get him for the cheap for the next two and a half years if you're able to trade for him. So that would be the other trade piece, but by no means am I saying the Carolina Panthers should trade away Iki Aquino. They already can't protect Bryce Young as is. It's only going to get worse if you trade away Iki. So I'm not saying that's the case, but if you're looking at the three most valuable trade candidates, it's Burns, Brown, and Aquino, who, of course, are all former first-round picks. All right, now over to Andrew, who asks, uh, what are the best roster moves the Panthers can make before the trade deadline? Uh, The best roster moves the Carolina Panthers can make is not trading away any picks for another middling wide receiver. My heart almost stopped on Tuesday when I saw that Van Jefferson was on the trade block, and then I saw hours later that he was being traded away. I just thought it was going to be the Carolina Panthers. Instead, it is their division rivals, the Atlanta Falcons, that are going out and getting Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson, whose dad is Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach here in Carolina. Whew, we've already seen Deuce Vaughn, whose dad is a scout for the Cowboys, now play for his daddy's team. And I was a little bit nervous. That I was like, oh, man, the Panthers about to just give away compensation for... Van Jefferson, who I think is a good player, but the Rams right now aren't even using him. And when um, Cooper Cup wasn't out there, they were going to Puka Nakua. 
That's a great name, by the way, who was awesome for them and then still was awesome this past weekend. They're going to the rookie more than they're going to Van Jefferson. I was nervous that the Panthers were about to make a dumb move. Now, if they want to give up a seven-round pick, then okay, fine. Like, and here's the thing. It's not like they're even being successful, these sixth and seventh-round picks that they're using on these players anyway. So would it make more sense to go out there and get a proven commodity? Probably. But the Panthers, just they're 0-5. They're going to be 0-6. I don't see the point. I know you want to put stuff around Bryce or put guys around Bryce. Not stuff, but guys. Um, but why didn't you do that before the season started? That's my only thing. All right, over to Ron, who uh, asks, what are your thoughts on Bryce Young's body language? When the team's down, I'm sure it doesn't help that Bryce looks like someone stole his lunch money. I'm not saying he needs Ray Lewis levels of motivation, but teams speed off their quarterback's injury. Uh, energy. Well, you know, we know about Baker Mayfield being a fiery player. And that didn't help the Carolina Panthers because he was no good. Uh, we saw Sam Darnold be very quiet and calm. And that didn't help the Carolina Panthers because he was no good. We saw Cam Newton put the tower over his head, you know, pout if you want to say that. Um, and not have the greatest attitude at times. Uh, but it didn't matter because Cam Newton went out there and balled. I don't care about body language. Brian Burns out there slamming his helmet and sitting out two plays. So maybe call that out more than it. I mean, Bryce's body language, I'm not concerned about it really. And I don't think Brian Burns should be called out. I'm not saying to do that. But like that, if you're seeing that, like I think that's a little bit, you know, more. I can't even say that because honestly, I don't even care. These guys go out there. They work the tails off. This is their jobs. I'm glad that they show that they care. Like Robbie Anderson, I'm glad he shows that he cares. I am. Now, did he do it in the best way last year, especially when he got <laughs> tossed out of the game by Steve Wilkes? No, but at least they care. It's better than them showing that they don't care. All right, and it's not like they're fighting each other in the sidelines and, and, and showing up their teammates and all that. Like, I, I'm not concerned about it. And think about it. Frank Reich said on draft night that Bryce Young has been the best player on the best team since he was, like, in middle school. He is getting his ass kicked for the first time in his life. Of course, his body language is not positive. So they need to do some things to lift up Bryce. I don't think we should be all that concerned about it. Um, we got William now asking, what is up with Tariq Cohen? I know he's on the practice squad, but I figured he'd be on the active roster by now, especially with Miles Sanders struggling with a possible injury. All right, number one, the, the Panthers have had to elevate several defensive players because of injury. Um, those have primarily been uh, guys who are in the secondary and you've seen that linebacker as well. They had to sign Deion Jones to the active roster, Chandler Wooten as well. So they're dealing with defensive injuries. And you can only have so many guys even active on the roster come Sundays anyways. It doesn't make a lot of sense to have that be Tariq Cohen when you already have um, Miles Sanders out there, banged up, but he's out there. You have Chuba Hubbard. You got Blackshears available as well. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And number two, Tariq Cohen has not played a game in the NFL since week three of 2020. It has been three full years since he last played in the NFL. He blew out his knee. Like ACL, MCL, had a fracture as well. Blew out his knee. He was he missed all 2021 trying to recover from that injury. Then May of 2022, on IG Live, bless his heart, man, he's out there working out, trying to get people to sign in, to pay attention to him. He blows out his Achilles. So he's had a leg fracture, blown out knee, an Achilles tear, and hasn't played in three years. What do you think he's going to provide to this team? Seriously, he's not going to be the same guy he was with Chicago. There's just no way. Uh, look at Clay Thompson. 
tears his ACL in the NBA Finals, has to miss the entire next season, then pops Achilles right before that season, misses another year, probably doesn't play basketball for about two and a half years. And he comes back, and, you know, clay has been a good player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, um, but he's not the same guy, and he's also older. It's difficult for a guy at that position playing this game to be able to come back and contribute anything. I have no expectation for Tariq Cohen. I think it's just a damn miracle that he's even on an NFL practice squad. Good for him. Great story. But I do not think that you should be expecting anything out of Tariq Cohen considering he hasn't played for three years and all the injuries that he's suffered in that time since he last played. Um, and final question, probably the most pressing question, comes from Alex who says, Is it Farmer's Market Sunday yet? I had somebody on Twitter the other week try to try and say that it was a farmer's market Sunday. I was like, hold on, buddy. I'm the one who does that. I tell you all when it's time to go to the farmer's market. And I would not encourage you to watch the game on Sunday. And I told you all uh, in the first half of the game on Sunday against the Lions, go out. Enjoy yourself. I went outside to my balcony and uh, just watched the third quarter, grabbed a beer, kicked my feet up, tried to, try to enjoy that fall sun here in Charlotte. I would encourage y'all to do that on Sunday. And if you want to go out to the farmer's market, by all means, go out to the farmer's market. Go go do it on Sunday. Go do it next Sunday. And then I think you should come back and watch the game against the Houston Texans. As long as you promise not to make it a C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young thing and completely freak out. So, no, it's not farmer's market Sunday just yet. But I wouldn't be upset if you guys did go out there and enjoy your Sunday, not watching the team this week. This week and then, of course, do it again next week. During the bye week. Maybe take your own mini two-week bye. Wouldn't hate you for it. But listen to the show, of course. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Uh, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back again next Wednesday to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me. Get those questions in to me for next week. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Thursday as we'll have a crossover Thursday edition of the show with Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.